You have 24 minutes. Today, I am talking with Brandon Webb, founder and CEO of One City Music Group. One City Music Group is a record label, entertainment, and production company. In our discussion, we explore electronic dance festivals, music genres, and important considerations for anyone wishing to produce an electronic dance music event in their city. I'm Randall White, host and curator for this 24-minute podcast from 24-Hour Nation. Follow us online at 24hournation.com and on social media at 24 Nation. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, so you have a very interesting background. Music has always been a part of your life. Uh, as a kid or perhaps as a teenager, you had cancer. You weren't sure what that effect was going to have on your future. You wound up having some football skills, I think, that took you to Southern Methodist University. Somewhere along the line, you wound up in the American Southwest where you found your voice writing about, for lack of a better term, urban music. Is that an accurate, brief depiction of your that, life? That is accurate, spot on. You did some research, Randall. <laughs> so tell me about that. So you're in where? Tucson, Phoenix? Yep, I was in, in Phoenix, Arizona. I, I, I left Dallas in 2007, and I moved out to Phoenix for work. Uh, while I was out there, um, I started podcasting. Um, I've always had a love for music. And uh, the one thing that I've always wanted to do was to help other artists. And what I found was just talking to artists about their projects uh, ended up being a really cool platform to get music out to the masses. And this was back in 2007 when podcasting it wasn't as popular as it is now. There was no Spotify or things like that. And, and it was a, a process to uh, actually get your podcast distributed back then. So it was a really neat deal. And we, we had a lot of listeners, but more importantly, we were able to allow musicians, unsigned artists to uh, tell their story about who they were. I started the podcast in Phoenix, Arizona, um, I moved to Washington, D.C. We kept the podcast going. I met a lot of people who were enthusiastic about what we were doing, and they joined the team. Uh, so from 2007 to 2014, we were um, hosting uh, episodes of that podcast um, located in Phoenix and Washington, D.C., and we were traveling to a lot of different conferences and uh, setting up shop in different cities like Atlanta, Georgia as well. So let's talk a little bit about the, the music. You have said that it's an umbrella term to use the phrase electronic dance music or EDM, as it's often shown in print. You said it's kind of an umbrella term that really there are elements of it that include house music, which uh, was created in what the black neighborhoods of Chicago and mm -hmm. techno, which kind of grew up out of Detroit, that those are both genres of electronic dance music. Um, is there one I'm forgetting? Is there anything I'm forgetting that would be classified? Yeah, yeah. So so if we want to talk about dance music, I, yeah. I think we, we have to start the story with disco. But disco was the um, 
the the grandmother of all of this. And out of disco, you had house music come out of the Black LGBTQ community in Chicago. And along that time, you had artists in New York City and in Detroit who were moving back and forth between the East Coast and Midwest, um, playing in different nightclubs. Now, the term house music actually comes from a club that is in Chicago. At the time, there was a club called The Warehouse. Okay. And that's where Frankie Knuckles, uh, who was an iconic DJ and may rest in peace, but Frankie Knuckles played at The Warehouse and his type of music was coined as house music. Gotcha. So uh, that's where that came from. And along that time, uh, Detroit was doing their own thing and they were creating the sound that everyone knows as techno. And, and both of these are specific genres of music. So um, I would say back in the 80s and 90s, people would just use the term techno, kind of okay. like now people say EDM as the umbrella term. Uh, in the 80s and 90s, techno was the umbrella term for all the different types of music. But uh, techno is a specific type of uh, dance music and house music is a specific type of, of, of dance music as well. And, and, they, and they are the, um, the original forms that came from uh, disco. So if house music is the uh, child of, of disco, techno would be the crazy cool cousin of, <laughs> of uh, house music. When you just came from, uh, I think you were in Detroit just in the last couple of weeks at a techno festival. Was it the first time it's come back uh, kind of after the onslaught of COVID? Tell us about that experience. Yeah. So so I was in Detroit, Michigan for a festival uh, called Movement. Uh, originally, it was called uh, DIM for Detroit Electronic Music Festival. And it's one of the original techno festivals. And it was created by some of the originators of the genre techno in, in the home and heart of 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 where it was created in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, COVID, uh, when when the pandemic happened, um, all festivals shut down, all live entertainment shut down, as you know, and they were not able to have a movement festival for the past two years. So this year was the first year um, in two years that they were able to actually have the festival. So it was like a homecoming for so many people who have been going to this festival for over a decade. And this was actually my first time going to movement. I've been to Detroit before, right. but I, I had never got to experience movement. And I'm so glad that I went. And it is easily in my top uh, three festivals in the United States. What are the other two festivals that uh, uh, your other top two festivals? I'm curious. Uh, my other, the other festivals that I really, really enjoy, there is ARC Music Festival in Chicago. And ARC is a brand new festival. Last year was the first year that they held ARC, and it was in Union Park in uh, Chicago. Right. And for a first year festival, you would have thought they had put this thing on numerous times. The other festival that I really like is Electric Daisy Carnival. Sure. Um, Electric Daisy Carnival is held in Las Vegas, Nevada. It was originally held in Los Angeles, but it's like the Disney world of dance music. When you go to this thing, it's so huge. It's inside a Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And they make use of the the entire speedway 
Uh, there's over uh, six stages and there's art cars going around. A lot of the art cars that you would see at Burning Man are actually at EDC. And there's over 100,000 people out there every single day. So they're they're averaging um, 300,000, 350,000 people over that entire weekend uh, partying in the desert from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Uh, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And somewhere along the line, uh music dance music events became more than just about the music they these bigger festivals became also about light and the experience when did that get introduced what point in the the dance music genre and the festivals did it also become about a full sensory experience and visual experience you know that's almost that question uh opens up um something that's kind of a a double-edged sword because there's so much positivity in it but there's also some negative connotations and that comes with the word rave um the rave is really what uh, created the culture it created the culture it created uh the community i always say this you can go to a dance music festival or a rave people will pay all types of money to go to these things and then they will sit on the floor with their friends and talk instead of listening to the music or dancing they're catching up with people who they haven't seen in maybe six months or so, or they only talk to them online, but it's like a family reunion uh, with your friends that you party with. And it's so different because it it really is about community, but uh, what some people see on the the negative side of it, they only see maybe uh, the drug use that's associated with those type of events. Um, I would argue you could find that at any event. You could go to a sporting event and you could find someone uh, doing something but um, it's the community that was born out of of the rave. And and with that, it was more about the experience and not so much just listening to the music. It was about, um, am I having some type of transformational experience? Am Mm. I sharing ideas with others? Am I being a a positive light? Uh, Am I putting out positive energy and not negative energy? at this particular space and time. And I think everyone goes in with that mindset of, of peace, love, unity, and respect, which we call plur. Uh, so that, that's a mindset. That's, that's a mantra that, that is uh, preached uh, all throughout the dance music community, the word plur, peace, right. love, unity, and respect. And I think those things have helped build the community as well as uh, just create those experiences that people leave refreshed. It's kind of like a spiritual experience. Um, And on the same level, when people go to church, it's a mass gathering. Someone's preaching a positive word. Someone's encouraging you uh, to live in a righteous way. And there's usually some music and dance Right. And that's the same thing that's happening that's happening at these events. You have mass gatherings of people uh, spreading positivity, light and good energy. And we're dancing. And, and when you have that many people together, it, it creates something inside you that you, you can't help but feel. It's a it's a great positive energy that you feel. Well, I got to think that historically and culturally, multiculturally, dance has been a thing of celebration. It's been a thing of people coming together. The, the 
Native Americans, the indigenous who came together to dance to celebrate or to prepare. Um, the cavemen who danced because they, <laughs> somebody got a, a woolly mammoth, you know, and brought it home. <laughs> so, but it, it is it is a thing that connects us, and it's an art form. I think that even predates. Um, I mean, music certainly grew at the same time. I think as dance, but that predates some of the other higher art forms that we tend to think of today. You know, it's interesting you should bring this topic up. Sunil Sharp is um, uh, an Irish DJ, very popular in uh, Europe and the UK. He, um, I was on a call with him the other day, and he said that um, that right now uh, electronic dance music is um, is a form of music more popular than any other form of music. That there's something right now at this moment in time that where this is really surging. And do you would you agree with that? And would you attribute that to perhaps the fact that we're coming out of this period of isolation, and it's something that's bringing us back together? Exactly. Uh, I, I think we are a, a social group of people. Um, and when I say group of people, I mean the human race. Right. We thrive on the connections that we have with other people. And you're right. We were not able to experience that fully for two years. We were all disconnected. We were cut off. We were in our homes. A lot of us wanted to be that way because there was so much unknown with this pandemic. And now as we're reemerging from this, even though COVID is still around, we're reemerging and we're, we're getting back together. We're connecting with others and it's a great feeling. And I think just as human beings, that's something that's a part of our nature. We, we thrive on that uh, being connected with each other. So I, I would, I, I would think that dance music uh, more than any other uh, type of music um, enables us to do that. Um, when when I talk to my my wife about uh, dance music, because she's not really a fan of dance music, she, she's she's <laughs> like you know we grew up in the '90s, but she's more '90s hip hop, some country, and gotcha. some some rock. When I talk to her about it, I'm like, dance music is really a global thing. And when I when I think about it in the United States, I compare it to sports. It's like in the United States. Football and the NFL is everything. But if you go all over the world, soccer, the beautiful game is the sport that everyone plays and knows. Right. And it's kind of like that with with dance music here in the United States, hip hop, rock and and country. They kind of dominate the airwaves. But when you go to other countries, when you go overseas to Europe, to uh, when you go over to uh, Asia, dance music is is really big. It's huge. In South America, dance music is really big. Different genres of dance music thrive in different countries. If electronic dance music or uh, was kind of born in Chicago and Detroit, how did it make the jump over to uh, Europe? Or did they well, they grow their own? <laughs> well, 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 similar to how uh, disco was shunned in the United States, House and techno was shunned as well here in the United States. The Europeans, on the other hand, embraced it. And that's where a lot of magic happened, where uh, a lot of subgenres under that umbrella were born um, out of their creativity and love for the house and techno that was born in the United States. So from there, you have brand new genres of music uh, with very different takes on it, whether you're in the UK where they had garage music or jungle, drum and bass, things like that. All of those types of music were born over there. 
it made its way back to the United States. And when it came back to the United States, a lot of these larger labels, they saw an opportunity to commercialize it. And, and when you look at the mid the mid 2000s, uh, the, the first decade in the 2000s, you saw a huge reemergence of dance music, but it was more popular uh, commercialized dance music all the way up through 2015. There was this reemergence where you saw a lot of the European acts coming over to the United States uh, performing at the major festivals. And that's why a lot of people think that uh, these sounds came from Europe because oh. at that time uh, they had their sound had matured and they were the big acts that were um, um, touring and performing at major festivals while a lot of the originators and innovators who really didn't commercialize their sound a lot of people didn't know they existed until you have people who were in the scene preach about it. Gotcha. Uh, right now, there's a movie being made about, uh, well, it has been made and it's going to debut at uh, the Tribeca Film Festival uh, uh, this month, actually. Uh, there's a, a movie, a documentary called God Gave Them Drum Machines. Okay. And it's about the history of Detroit techno. At first, you just had a lot of people knowing these commercialized acts and artists. Um, I, I say a lot of newcomers to the to the music for the people in the know and the people who are willing to share information uh they were spreading the word and educating um all of us about the roots in uh chicago detroit and new york i'm Correct. curious yeah. i want to come back to another topic that you mentioned earlier dance and drugs dance and alcohol we there's a lot of um without getting into any kind of moral thing here there's a perception perhaps like you alluded to that uh, that the, in some um dance forms and dance clubs raves in particular that the, the drugs you know are a big issue and yet some promoters and producers are preparing for alcohol and drug incidents at their events and festivals and stuff they're being prepared which i think makes a lot of sense but still there's this uh, aspersion cast on the medium uh, when in fact alcohol perhaps is the leading drug of choice at music festivals and concerts. And it's also probably the leading drug of choice at the top 10 country clubs in the United States. So what 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 causes that patina on on the dance world at night that it's all about drugs? And what's that about? And how can that you know, be reversed? Or do you just leave it alone? You know, that, that that's a really good question. And and it's 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 mind boggling to me that 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 stigma sticks with dance music culture, because when, when I was growing up in the 80s, uh, you always heard sex, drugs and rock and roll. Like right. and, and like that was the that was cool okay. thing. Yeah. yeah, that was OK. <laughs> but um, it I mean, nothing has changed. It's still the, the same things. But I I. What I would uh, attribute it to is that there have been instances at events, uh, major uh, music festivals, where uh, there have been people who ha who have died uh, at these events. Uh, and they shouldn't have been in the festivals. Uh, right. That's one of the reasons that Electric Daisy Carnival moved from Los Angeles to Las Vegas. Um, an underage person snuck into the event. They later... Uh, 
took some drugs and they passed away. When I was growing up, you know, people might have smoked a little pot or whatever. But these these kids these days, these things are the size of a Tic Tac. And you're trying to police something right. the size of a Tic Tac. And um, that's a hard thing to do. But But I just feel that it's not as prevalent as what people would like to uh, think it is. Is it there? Yes, it, it's there. But I, I also believe that there are many people who are there for the music, for a good time, and who are having fun responsibly. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of sad that that's that that stigma hangs around uh, the dance music culture. But uh, nonetheless, it's there. Now, to that point that it is there. Festivals like uh, Electric Daisy Carnival, they are very proactive. They work with a lot of nonprofit organizations and uh, uh, groups that um, want to help people become aware sure. of, of what they're doing. There is an organization called Dance Safe uh, that is basically there to look out for people who may uh, be using uh, illegal substances. And uh, one of the things that you hear about, not just at music festivals, but just all over the country, Country, you hear about uh, this whole fentanyl crisis right sure, now. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. And so some of these these drugs out there, they're being laced with this, you know, deadly drug that could kill you. So there are are, are organizations out there like Dent Safe uh, to actually help and monitor to make sure that people aren't taking things that could be laced with uh, these deadly these deadly drugs. And and there and these festivals, once again, you're talking about a hundred thousand, a hundred. Sure. 50,000 people. So these events over the course of a week and weekend have become big business for oh, sure. organized groups. So, so you have organized groups uh, of people who might be there to pickpocket. You have organized groups of people who might be there to, to sell illegal substances. And, and that's with human beings too. That's, exactly. With right. any, with anything, with that many people, um, there's going to be uh, an opportunity for someone to try to take advantage of that. And so, and the same thing happens with the Super Bowl. So it can't exactly. be just attributed yeah. to the dance world. So, so say Eddie Prater in Des Moines, Iowa, wants to produce uh, an EDM event, a dance event of some type to bring something new and invigorating to their, to the city of Des Moines one weekend. Uh, what selling points is he going to need to have up his sleeve to convince the municipal leaders that this is an okay thing? Safety, number one, safety, safety, safety. That has to be top of mind um, for, for, for every event. Uh, you have to keep people safe so people's children can go home safely after the event. They make it home safe. I, I, I go back to Insomniac Events, the, the company that creates uh, Electric Daisy Carnival. Right. They have a legion of volunteers that is there. They're called ground control and ground controls. Their main purpose is to make sure that everyone at that festival is safe. So a lot of events that we see, whether it's in the dance music community or if it's in any other community, the, the honest is, is, is more about the it's about the bottom line. It's about sure. how much money can I make from this event? Right. A great event is going to care more about the people and making sure the people are safe. And then you work on the experience and then you can work on the music. The music will always be there, but it has to be about the experience, the art, the performing arts, uh, the 
culture. Uh, you have to recognize the culture of the community and does your event uh, embody what the dance music community is. This has been Season 1, Episode 6 of 24 Minutes from 24 Hour Nation at 24hournation.com.